Hello. I want to talk about something today. It might be a little risky, but it's something that has been on my mind for many years, and especially now this week it's on my mind even more. Parshas Bamidbar is what we'll be reading, the Shabbos, which 90% of the time or more is the Parsha that we read on the Shabbos right before Shavuos. And for a Parsha that is read right before Shavuos, it has many qualities that would be considered boring by many. I know I've spoken about this in the past. The truth is that if you scroll down on the Facebook page of High Jewish Center, you might find it. But I'd like to approach it from a different angle today. Parshas Bamidbar is boring for two reasons. It combines information about a census or information from a census with information having to do with zoning and town planning. And if reading a census doesn't interest you, and town planning doesn't interest you, then the odds are that this Parsha might frustrate you as well. So what I'd like to do is not only make the case for this week's Parsha, Parsha's by Midbar, but also make the case for planning, for census reading, and for maybe even for some town planning. Jewish communities are no strangers to city planning controversies. So this is what I was thinking. The main event in this week's Parsha is not the census itself. It's something else that happens that I call setting up camp. You see, the Parsha begins with a census, and it counts how many people are in each of the 12 tribes, and also we're told how many people are in the tribe of Levi. But then something interesting happens. The Parsha decides to shuffle through the Shvatim, shuffle through the 12 tribes, and reorganize them. And I think that's the lead. And when people focus on the census, they're in fact burying the lead. What do I mean? So if you take a look at chapter 1, meaning the beginning of uh, Sefer Bamidbar, the book of Numbers, you will see that Moshe and Aaron are told to count the men between the ages of uh, 20 and 60, or above the age of 20, and to count them and then the order of the tribes is given in general order of the age of the sons of Jacob. It starts with Ruvain, then it goes to Shimon, and so on. But then, when Hashem tells Moshe to organize them into a camp, He tells them to organize them in a way that is not the order of age, it's a different order entirely. And He reorganizes the twelve tribes into four degalim, a degel is the modern Hebrew word and the ancient Hebrew word for a flag. However, it doesn't only mean flag. It's very clear in the context of the Parsha that it means a camp that is united around a flag. So we have degel machane Yehuda, the flag camp of Yehuda. Degel machane Ruvain, the flag around the camp of Ruvain. Degel Machana Ephraim, the flag camp of Ephraim, and Degel Machana Dun, the flag camp of Dun. And all four of these camps, each of the four camps rather, is comprised of three tribes. So that Degel Machana Yehuda is Yehuda and Yisachar and Zebulun. And then you can go through the rest of the parsha. Why is this interesting? 
It's interesting because what Hashem is telling Moshe here, and the way he organizes the camp, is that it's not age that matters, but something else that matters. You see, the way the camp is structured is that they were structured in a square formation, right? So Yehuda was in the east, and Ruvain was in the south, and uh, Ephraim was in the west, and Dan was in the north. And then, within that camp, were another four groups of Levian. The th three camps of the sons of Levi, Gershon, Kahas, and Merari. And then the fourth side, which only had Moshe and Aaron and Aaron's sons and their families. And that was it. So what we have here, and this is what is interesting, not only interesting, but important for us to know, even those of us who are not interested in reading the latest census information, is that it's not the information that's important. It's not the numbers that are important. It's how the numbers are organized. It's the filing system. You see, the filing system or the organization system sets up what is considered important. And that is the lead. And what was important? Well, we heard about it in the third Sefer of the Torah that we read, that we finished reading last week, Vayikra. And we heard about it in Shmos as well. That what is important is the Aram. What is important is the Mishkan Ha'edus, meaning God's house, so to speak. God fills the world, so to speak, and does not require a house. However, his Shechina is there in the Kodesh Kadashim, which contains within it the Aram, the Holy Ark, which has the Luchos, which are the testimony of God's relationship with the Jewish people. The Kesuba, if you will, that connects God to the Jewish people. And the importance of the Machane is that the Machane surrounds this Ark, surrounds the Torah. This is something that the Jewish people do to this day. Now that this week the Jewish people have been focused on what is going on in Yerushalayim and on Harabayis, the Temple Mount. And what's fascinating is that the entire setup of Sefer Bamidbar and Parshas Bamidbar in particular is that the Jewish people were centered around the Aram. And now, so too now, the Jewish people are centered around Yerushalayim. And this is expressed in a halacha which has as its technical source a prayer by Shlomo HaMelech, King Solomon, in Sefer Malachim, in the Book of Kings, where Shlomo says people will pray towards this house. <clears throat> Why will they pray towards this house? Because they're saying that Yerushalayim and the Makom HaMikdash, the site of the Beis HaMikdash, S-I-T-E, the site of the Beis HaMikdash, are the center of the Jewish people. And this is, even though its technical fulfillment is in later when the Basin Mikdash is built, but the concept of centering our lives geographically, of centering our tefilos geographically, where our focus is towards Yerushalayim, is a fulfillment of the ideal of this week's Parsha, Parsha's Bamidbar. And this becomes true in many aspects. I'll give you just one example now. There is a medrash that is quoted in the Sefer, Akedas Yitzchak. 
written long ago by a rabbi named Rabbi Yitzchak Arama, and the Akedas Yitzchak writes as follows. He quotes a medrash. The medrash says that where asks where did the Jews get this idea of having camps, four camps, as I mentioned, digalim, surround the Mishkan. So on the one hand, you might say, well, Hashem told them to organize in that fashion. Yet the Medrash says that the idea did not originate with God's demand. In this week's Parsha, it originated with the Jews themselves. <clears throat> and when did it happen? It happened at Matan Torah, which we're about to celebrate this coming week. Matan Torah, Hashem came down on Har Sinai, and there is a Pesach in Tehillim, Kapitel Samaches, Psalm 68, which says that God came down on the mountain, surrounded by throngs and myriads of angels, and the Medrash says that God was surrounded by Degolim, by camps with flags. But those camps were not camps and hosts of people, but it was hosts of Malachim, of angels. And when the Jewish people witnessed this sight of God surrounded by camps, hosts of angels, they said, oh, if only we could have that as well. And the Medrash says, commenting on Parshas by Midbar, that God agreed to their deep-seated desire to organize us camps. Now you might ask, why would you want to have a camp? Meaning it's enough to have a revelation by God. What do you need? Digalim, diglenu ahava, camps, you're encamped with love. What does that mean? It means that everything and everyone has a place and a relationship, even to the point of having a geographic relationship, point to point, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And this is something that all of us should desire. And I'll say that all of us actually do desire whether we recognize it or not. I'll give you some examples. One example, as I mentioned, is that a Jew knows that he has to face Yerushalayim when he dies. This halacha, which seems like a minor detail, which is some, you know, almost 3,000 years old, has within it this idea that the Jewish people have to be surrounded around a geographical spot when they daven. And it's because of this halacha that the Jewish main people maintain their connection to Tzion for the 2,000 years, not just davening in general, but davening towards that place. But that's Yerushalayim. There are many examples of Mikdash Me'at, where we have this as well. <clears throat> Our shuls, when they are zoned and built properly, the Holy Ark, the Aron Kodesh, also is in a place where you can daven towards it, and then you can face Yerushalayim. In fact, most poskim hold, though there are some outliers who disagree, most poskim hold that if an ark is, for whatever reason, placed not facing, not on the wall facing Yerushalayim, that people should daven facing the ark, and not Yerushalayim. Now, unfortunately, when those shuls are like that, then you'll have some outliers who don't like davening there for that reason. However, the idea is important that the people who are in shul understand that when they are facing and standing before God, that they understand that the Torah, Torah Sashem, is where their focus should be. Like I said, there's some disagreement on that point, but the very disagreement highlights the fact that this is an important idea. Then there is an idea, quoted in the Sefer Akedas Yitzchak, that is, um, how should I put this? <clears throat> the halacha of makom kavua. Mokom kavua means that a person should have a fixed place for davening. Not just a fixed shul where he davens on a regular basis, but a fixed place within the shul where he davens. And he quotes the Gemara in Brachos 
that says, whoever is has a fixed place for his prayer, then the God of Abraham is his help. Because it says that Avram had a fixed place where he davened as well from day to day. As mentioned in the story, actually, uh, where Abraham is promised that he will have a son. And we see later that Harhamaria, where Akedas Yitzchak took place, is that focus. And this is learned from Avram Avinu. So this, these are the lessons that all come out of the details here in Parshas Bamidbar. Parshas Bamidbar has far more in terms of details of all of the great dramas that will take place in this book. The stories of Korach, the story of the daughters of Moab, many other stories which I hope to highlight in upcoming broadcasts. But the idea that we need to be connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, not only in our heart and soul, but with an element of geography to it as well. And whether that means that you choose to daven, or you choose to live close to your shul, or even if for whatever reason you're not so close to your shul, but you know exactly where your shul is, and you're connected in that way, whatever your minion is, wherever your chavrusa is, that we connect and we have this geographical identification, and the discomfort you feel when you walk into shul and you see that a guest to the shul has taken your spot. And you'll be a nice guy and you'll let him daven there and maybe you'll let him know later that that's your spot in case he wants to settle in the in your shul permanently or for the long term. But where's that discomfort come from? That discomfort, that discomfort comes from the idea mentioned here in this week's Parsha. We should all be Zoha to have our tefillos go to Yerushalayim and understand that Yerushalayim is the center, the heart of the Jewish people, geographically and therefore spiritually as well. And this will give us a greater connection and give Hashem a greater connection to Yerushalayim, to spare Yerushalayim and Eretz Yisrael from all sorrow. And also it will give us a greater connection to our Yiddishkeit in general, to understand that our geographical connections to the Torah and to HaKadosh Baruch Hu impact our Neshamos as well. And then, when on Shabbos you hear the details of Parshas Bamidbar, this will put you in a greater headspace, so to speak, to appreciate that on Shavuos, it's not just a matter of Matan Torah, that the Torah is given, or that we receive the Torah in Matan Torah on Shavuos, but rather that we will establish our place. What is my place geographically, and what is my place in terms of my role? in how I can accept the Torah with who I am and in my circumstances and around my degel, around my camp. That's all for tonight. Have a wonderful evening and a wonderful day if you're listening to this during the day. Bye-bye.